Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 36 of The Book Cougars, two middle-aged women on the hunt for a good read. I'm Emily. And I'm Chris. Happy, Happy New, New Year! Year. <laughs> it's so exciting to be in 2018. I know a lot of people were looking forward to the uh, the big flip of the calendar slash year. So yes. here we are. A new, year. new Year. And we survived the bomb cyclone. Yes. For the bombogenesis. Right. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, who don't live on the East Coast or along the coast in general, I guess, yeah. um, the meteorologist predicted a bomb cyclone, which made me giggle really hard the first time I read that. Like, really? Yeah. We have to refer to weather events as bombs now? <laughs> well, actually, I, one of our, our friends posted that it's a term that meteorologists have been using since like the 1940s yeah and, yeah. and i know a lot of people yeah. were i saw people saying on social media like oh made up media mm -hmm. words but it's actually a, it's a real a thing real and thing. you know they get excited when things come around that haven't ha been around in a while and they right. get to say them but i was like oh for god's <laughs> sakes can we just say it's gonna snow it, yeah i know somebody's <laughs> like it used to just be winter and then snowstorm and then nor'easter and now bomb cycle. yeah well, anyway, we survived. Um, we're here to tell the tales. It's beautiful out today, sunny. The snow is gorgeous, and it's chilly and crisp as winter is supposed to be. Yes, so. gorgeous. I love winter. So I had a quick follow-up I wanted to just mention from when I talked about The Fact of a Body by Alexandria marzano Lesnovich. I made mention that the gentleman um, who murdered the little boy because his mother had been given so many drugs while he was in utero one of the drugs has a propensity to cause pedophilia in people mm -hmm. and I just wanted to mention that that was not actually something that was written about in the book that was something that as I finished the book and was really just had to read more about it I saw a video of a lawyer who was part of the case talking about that oh okay so I just wanted to make clear to people if you read the book and that's not in there you know okay don't think I'm making shit up All right. I actually <laughs> I actually did hear about it it was just in my outside reading and okay. listening so yeah that's uh, I was fascinated by that that a drug could cause yeah a condition like that yeah it's, I just think about drugs affecting us physically mm -hmm. and, I mean, emotionally and mentally, too, but to create something that causes an action yeah. in people. I think that's what kind of blew my mind yeah. with that. And then we wanted to just remind people that we have a Goodreads group for Book Cougars. Yes. And we put episodes on there's, – there's a topic for each episode, mm -hmm. and so if you want to discuss anything that we've talked about with other listeners, it's a good place to go. And then we do separate listings for our read-alongs. Yeah, read yeah, we have two like folder type things, read-alongs and episodes. And so if you have any commentary you want to give us or tell us we're crazy that we like or dislike a certain book, <laughs> feel free. We'd love yeah. to communicate with you there. And we're both on Goodreads, so we both uh, will be able to chat with you that way. Right. And we'd like to give a shout out to Linda, one of our Booktopia friends who volunteered to start putting together our bookshelf in Goodreads. So all the books that we discuss will eventually be on our bookshelf on Goodreads. So yeah. check that out. And thank you so much, Linda. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Linda is a librarian extraordinaire. And um, so I guess cataloging her books is right up her alley. But yeah. we really appreciate it, Linda. Thank you. And I think I'm going to use it for reference. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's great. Awesome. All right. Well, so we thought we'd start this episode talking a bit about our 2018 reading goals. Yes. 
would you like to begin? Sure. All right, Emily, take it away. So um, the, the first goal is the simple goal of I, I entered my reading challenge on Goodreads and I put 52 books for this year. Nice. I exceeded that goal last year and I feel like it's nice to set some goals you can exceed. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to stick to 52 <laughs> books a year. Yeah. I really like the reading challenge um, application. Is that the way you say it? I don't know. The 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 way that they have that feature in Goodreads is a really nice way to track the books you've read over the course of the year. Right. And for me, it's a really nice way if someone says, hey, what have you read lately? I can just open up my reading challenge, and it's a really nice reference point, too. Definitely. So. It's fun, too. I love the interaction that people have with some challenges. Yeah. You know, people yeah. who comment and like it and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, side note though, I do think I maybe have made a decision. I'm not fully committed to this, but I don't know that I'm going to do star ratings on Goodreads this year. Mm -hmm. I haven't decided as I was looking back through my 2017 reading challenge, I thought I, I had some disagreements with the way that I rated things. Yeah. So I might try to commit to writing a little review instead, mm -hmm. which I haven't done at all. So oh, that's a okay. real switch for That'll me. That'll be neat. Yeah. yeah. So I we'll like see. that. I, I think that to me says more about a book. If somebody takes the time to write a sentence or two, mm -hmm. than the stars, because everybody, you know, a lot of people know the stars are so subjective. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Colleen, our, one of our listeners said that when she looks at her reading at the end of the year, and it's like, oh, my God, I gave that that many stars and this, only that. Right. And, like, so she'll adjust them yeah. at the yeah. end of the year. So, But I know some of my books, I look back, and I'm horrified. You know, like, I know for a while, I think um, The Great Gatsby, I gave it one star. Because yeah. <laughs> you know? the first time I read it, I was like, oh. Whatever this yeah. book is so overrated, <laughs> and then I reread it, and then I read a bit more about it and talked yeah. with people. I'm like, okay, it's a five star. Now. Right. So I well, like, it is after you talk about a book, it is different how that can change your perspective too. That's mm -hmm. how I felt about Hillbilly Elegy last year. Mm -hmm. You know, so so anyway, more to come on that. We'll see if I actually write anything or not. Cool. So. Um, and then I have uh, looking at my bookshelf, I have a book of shame that stares at me every day from my bookshelf. So my goal is to read it, and it is Shantaram by Gregory David Roberts. It's about a 1,000 pages. Yeah. I got it in a one of the Yankee swaps of Booktopia the May before I moved here, so okay. May of 2015 from Elizabeth. I, we were at a table together, and everybody waxes poetic about that book. Mm -hmm. And so I moved here and had a summer where – I was working and, you know, getting used to my new life, but I wasn't working as hard. And I had taken the summer off from school and I thought, I'm going to read this thousand page book. Mm -hmm. And I got about 400 pages in and then for some reason stopped reading it. And I really was enjoying it. Yeah. So it stares at me and calls my name from my, because it takes up a lot of space on the bookcase. So that's one of my goals. Okay. Very cool. It's hard to Excellent. open a thousand-page book. Though. It is. So. It is. They can yeah. be uncomfortable. Yeah. There's always an ebook. Yeah, I just right. mean the time it takes to read them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the weight of it. Although I have, you know, dropped books on my head at night as I fall asleep. So there's just something so it gives you such a good feeling though to finish a thousand-page yeah. book. That's you feel true. like you've really accomplished something. That's true. And it's really about the story, not the number of pages. I know that, and mm -hmm. I was enjoying it. Mm -hmm. So. I can't decide if I'm going to have to go all the way back to the beginning or if it, I'll be reminded as okay. I read. So I'll, I'll see. More to come on that one. 
And then um, you had talked about your Goodread shelves, and I think you said you deleted some Goodread shelves. I'm not, I don't have that many, so I don't feel like a delete is in order, but one of my goals is to clean up my currently reading shelf. Okay. Because I think yeah. I have about 12 books there, <laughs> and I'm not currently reading all of them, so mm-hmm. so that's a goal. And I think some of them I do want to go back to. It's the same as Shantaram. I was either halfway through and... You know, they were due back at the library or something like that. Yeah. So I'm okay. going to revisit my currently reading shelf. And then my fourth goal is that I I was, I was came across a picture that I have of, of myself reading to my kids. Aww. And it's one of my favorite pictures of the three of us. And um, actually, maybe I'll even post it with this episode. Maybe I'll put that be, picture up. Yeah, I'd love to see that. And it, it made me realize how much I miss reading to kids. I loved reading to my kids. Mm-hmm. And we did it until they were quite old. I mean, we read Harry Potters together and, you know, things like that, especially when we were on vacation. So I've been toying with my volunteering. You know, since I've moved here, I haven't really re-upped my volunteer life. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to look for something that involves kids and reading, cool. you know, literacy, something like that. Mm-hmm. So Nice. That's a goal. And then another goal, my fifth goal, is short stories. I have a bunch of short story collections. I really like reading short stories. And sometimes they're just a really nice palate cleanser after you finish a novel Mm -hmm. or, you know, work of nonfiction or something. But also I think you you usually can fit in a short story every day or every other day or something if Mm -hmm. you have them out and about on your nightstand or on your coffee table. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I even have some collections that I went out and bought them the first day. I was so excited when they came out, and then I never cracked the binding, you know. So that's one of my goals. Nice. Um, Another goal is somewhat reading-related but maybe a little different is to send cards and letters to people. I'm going to try to send a card or a letter once a week. I like getting them in the mail, but I love cards when you go to bookstores. Yeah. I love the card section, but you're like, (laughs) so now I'm going to start buying cards and hopefully sending them. Um, And then the, I have for the podcast, a a goal is to do some joint podcasts with other, either other literary podcasters, Mm -hmm. more podcasts with novelists or authors. And so that's one of my goals for the podcast. And then my last goal is a little bittersweet, but um, I lost a dear friend in 2017, and she was an adventurer, and she was a reader. Mm-hmm. And so I have a goal of doing some sort of an epic trip, because she really taught me the power of travel mm-hmm. and the importance of travel, because life is short. And I want to combine it. I, when I'm traveling, I always like to read a book that takes place you know, wherever it is I'm traveling. But I haven't quite figured out what this is going to be, but I, I kind of want it there to be like an adventure travel book involved or something like that. Right. Although she was also a mystery reader, so maybe you can help me with that. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of good like location mysteries mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my goals for 2018. Awesome. I like that. I, you know what comes to mind? What came to mind was Peter Heller's Celine. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. you could actually, I mean, that starts in do New York. The trip. You could do the yeah. trip. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Or even, I mean, it could be something like, I mean, I was thinking of, um, was it Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk? Mm-hmm. You know, do something like that. Or the um, one, Louise Penny, you know, because Deb had just started reading Louise Penny because we talked about it on the podcast early on. Yeah. Actually, we talked about it as in December of 2016 as a gift idea. Yeah. And she started reading them. And so I could, you know... 
take another stab at those and then go up to it's Quebec, right? I think Quebec yeah, is how Quebec, they pronounce Quebec. it. Right. We, Americans put the Q in there, the Quebec, Ohio, Ohioans. Yeah, Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> well, Quebec. Like, Quebec. One, one of our dogs yeah. is from Quebec. She was oh, born there. Okay. Yeah. So more to come on that. Manners of one. Well, it means it's in your but, head, and you yeah, know how to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that, and I, I'd love to go up there. And I know um, we have plans with our friends Matt and Jason. Hopefully to have that be our next joint Ooh, vacation. Nice. So, and it's only an eight-hour drive from Connecticut where we are here. It is not far. I mean, I went oh. to Montreal, you know, for Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. I was up in Vermont already, so it was super quick, easy. Yeah. And it's so fun. You really do feel like you got to go to another culture, mm-hmm. and it's so close by. Right. So, yeah. Just don't forget your passport. I no. almost did. <laughs> <laughs> The story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a couple of reading goals, too. Um, I did do the Goodreads Challenge at 52, 52 books a year. I, that is my sweet spot. Yeah. If I could read one book a, a week, yeah. that's that's golden for me. Yeah. And I did read more. I, I read a little bit over 60 mm-hmm. this year. But I also don't want a reading goal to... And negatively impact me in reading big books, long books. And mm. I think that is something a lot of people do when they set big reading goals for themselves. They find themselves reading short books, mm. which are awesome. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of longer books that I want to get to. Yeah. So I one of the goals I took on was participating in a reading challenge called, um, it's the TBR, To Be Read 2018 reading challenge hosted by uh, Adam at Roofbeam Reader. He's a blogger who's been doing this for a couple of years. He had taken a couple of years off, um, but is back doing it again. And so with that, you pick 12 books that have been on your shelves for more than a year that you really want to get to, but you just haven't. Because he, like so many of us, like as you just said about the short story collections, you buy these, you're excited about them. And then, you know, five years later, you look at your shelf and you're like, damn, I haven't read that yet. And so... I'm doing that. I have 12 books that I pulled off my shelves to put on that list. And then you can have two alternates in case you have some DNF happening. So um, one of my uh, alternates, I put Don Quixote. (laughs) Well, that's going to make me think twice about DNFing something. Uh, Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, to those 12 books. I think that's a great idea. I love that. And I did it a couple of years ago. I did that challenge too. And I only read, I think, two or three books from my list that year, but they were great books. And mm. one of them was um, that uh, A. Scott Berg's biography of Max Perkins that oh, I yeah. love so much yeah. that I think about still to this day. And I think I read that book in like 2013 or something. Now, you did a blog post on this, right? Because maybe I'll I did. link to that in the show. I did, yeah. If okay. people want to. Okay. Yeah. On my list, feel free. And if you want to do a read along with me at any time, that is always yeah. welcome. Yeah. I love that. Um, my other challenge that I'm doing this year, which I've done the last couple of years, is the Australian Women Writers Challenge. Because that, you know, books by women from Australia don't really make it big in America. They're not mm. readily available, that's for mm. sure. Um, I think the huge exception in my lifetime that I can remember is the Thornbirds. Right. And then now The Dry mm-hmm. by Jane Harper yeah. um, has been really a big international seller. So I'll be reading. I just signed up to read four. So because these reading challenges that are through blogs, usually you have a level that you choose from, you know, reading X amount of books and at different levels. 
And for some places, they give prizes. And others, it's just the feeling of accomplishment in challenging yourself. Right. And uh, so I just I said I'll do four because that, that's a, a good number. Yeah. I'll also be reading more Willa Cather this year because I'm hosting the Willa Cather Book Club up at the Book Club Bookstore. Perfect. So that will be happening. There is a, a one-book challenge happening in April, Anna in April, and it's hosted by Amanda, who blogs at Fig and Thistle. And it's reading Anna Karenina. Oh. Or, or Karenina. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I always say Karenina. I say Karenina. You know, I have that on my shelf. And I, well, there's a whole story behind it, which I won't bore you with. But it is so good. Yeah. But again, I got about halfway through. See? I would love yeah. to read that. Good. Well, maybe we yeah. can do that together yeah. with uh, uh, Amanda and everybody else in April. Because I read the first part of it myself. And then I had to put it down for schoolwork at the time, and I never got back yeah. to it. So is it yeah. starting in April? It's going to be in April, yeah, Anna in April. Okay. I don't know a lot of the details okay. yet, but yeah, as we'll look that we up. find yeah. out, we'll, we'll share that with people. Yeah, I would you... love to do that. Okay, well, look at that. That's our second okay. read along then for 2018. <laughs> Anna Karenina by yeah. Tolstoy. You've yeah. heard it here. Yeah, that is it's so good. Yeah. yeah. And there are a couple movie adaptations, too. Mm-hmm. And lots of audios of it, too. Uh-huh. Audio, okay. what do you call it? Um, narrations narrations yeah or, or performances I think some yeah. people consider them performances mm-hmm. all right and then I just really it's, it's kind of book related but I just plan to write and actually submit my writing more in 2018 I, I really am challenged by trying to put my stuff out there I so. am so excited for you about that <laughs> Thanks. I, I'm looking forward to sitting by and watching all of that happen. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> Yay, 2018. I'm excited about the reading year ahead. I am too. Yeah. yeah. And, and listeners, if you would like to share what your reading goals are or plans, please do. Give yeah. them, you know, send us a note on social media or email us at bookcougars yeah. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear. Yeah. And we'll share it too if you'd like us to because I think it'd be fun for people to know more about what everybody's reading plans are or not. I know one of my blogger friends is not doing any challenges or any goals for herself this year. She's just going to be free ranging it. Reading for pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's the risk is sometimes you do these things and then it feels like almost like a school assignment or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and yes. And this friend of mine, she said the same thing on her blog, but I'm the same way. Like I love to make lists. I get so excited. And then as soon as I do, sometimes I'm like, Oh, Really wanna. Yeah. That's because you're a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and that's another book we want to get to is Gretchen Rubin's The Four Tendencies. Yeah. That is a book that we both got at Book uh, Expo yeah. this last year. And I just held it up as Chris yes. said that. I just happened to have it on yeah. the desk. So yeah. We are shaking things up here at Book Cougars for 2018. That's right. This is how we do things. Um, We are going to change the order of our segments. Now we're going to start with currently reading because we thought that made a little bit more sense. So it'll be currently reading, just read, Biblio Adventures, upcoming jaunts, and then upcoming reads. Huge change, people. I I hope you all can adjust. Did you feel the earth move? Oh my oh gosh! So, so, so what are you currently reading, Chris? Currently read. I am kicking off my year with some Willa Cather. I'm right reading uh, My Antonia. Oh, so that's which, how you pronounce it. I thought it was My Antonia. You know what? I think some cultures pronounce it that way, and okay. I, this is the Bohemian way. Okay, the accents on the first A. Okay. My and, and how many times have you read it? 
I I can't even count the times really? I've read it. I mean, it's I don't know. So you're how far into it are you this round? I'm about halfway into it right now. And are you yeah. loving it more, seeing yeah. different things? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I love it more Good. every time I read it. I feel Good. I feel um, like it's just one of those books. And I this is probably the mark of the classic is that you can read it repeatedly at different ages in your life mm-hmm. and see different things in yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. so now as I'm a little bit older, I'm paying more attention to some of the older characters in oh, some ways interesting. And, and noticing different things and maybe having a little bit more compassion mm. and understanding too towards like my, uh, Antonia's mother is a little bit of background on the story. It takes place in Nebraska as the first white settlers are coming in and farm setting. And uh, Jim Burden is the narrator, the main character of the book. And he is orphaned as a young boy. He's 10, I think, and is sent from Virginia to Nebraska to live with his grandparents who are there and they're established. There are families coming from Europe who are not established at all. And uh, Antonia's family is one of them. She, it's her mom and her dad. She has two brothers and a, a younger sister. And she's the only one of them who speaks a little bit of English. Mm-hmm. And they're living in what's called the dugout. You know, they're dugouts in the ground. It's, mm-hmm. you know, living almost like an animal, some people mm-hmm. would say. But that's, you know, the first year what a lot of families did. And then they eventually, you know, get the wood to build a home. So it's really rough living mm-hmm. for them. Rustic, maybe that's the word. Yeah, it's like even a sub-rustic or yeah. something. I, I don't even know what you <laughs> Beyond rustic? Yeah, I mean, really harsh, basic conditions, and mm. it's just about survival. Mm. Um, and I know I had a point in there somewhere. You said you, were more, you said you were more... Um, oh, yeah, so like, like her mom. Yeah. Um, Antonia's mom is the one who wanted to come to America. Mm. The father didn't so much. He's more of an artistic, craftsman-type person, and he had a great community where they were in Bohemia and she wanted to come for the possibilities for her son and her daughters that, you know, that he would become wealthy, wealthy cattleman or something. And there'd be plenty of husbands for the daughters and whatnot. And she's, she's not having a good time and she's not really um, a nice person. And Mm. Jim Burden's grandmother says at one point that, you know, poverty brings out, sides of people's characters that maybe are not the best. Mm. But you get the sense too that her mom is just really not a very compassionate, thoughtful person. Yeah. So anyway, I look at I'm halfway into the book. Yeah. And but so she's taken a little bit more of my focus this reading. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean I think it rereads have a purpose. I mean I don't do it very often because I feel like there are so many books to read, yeah. you know, but I know there are people who read the same, you know, like there's a handful of books they read every year because mm-hmm. they like, it's like visiting an old friend, you know? Right, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and with true. My Antonia, it's turning 100 years old this year. Oh, it was wow. published in 1918. So I know the Cather Foundation has a lot of plans to celebrate the centennial of the publication of this book. <laughs> I'm reading Sweet by Yerdam Adelangi and Helen Go. It's the cookbook I've talked about. I, I put it in currently reading just because I wanted to report that I made two of the recipes, lemon and semolina cakes and soft date and oat bars, Ooh. and both of them were delicious. And up next is the lemon, blueberry, and almond tea cakes because I received a lovely box of fresh lemons from friends oh, in cool. California. Nice. So, um, so it's a great cookbook. 
Wait, and what day are you making them? I'll, I'll let me put that on my calendar. <laughs> I was supposed to make them last weekend. I bought all the ingredients and then it didn't happen. So I'm hoping this weekend. Um, yes, maybe there'll be some in your future, Chris, if I actually make them instead of just looking at the pictures and drooling. So are you reading anything else? I do have a novel in the... In the... Well, I'm still plugging away at the selected letters of Willa Cather. Oh, good. So you are fun. Cather, yeah, Cather Rich. A, I had a Cather Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I picked up, and I feel very late to the party, because this is a book that everyone was talking about last year, The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. It was in the free library when I got off the train last week. I put it there. You did? I did, yeah. Did you read it? I did not read it. Did you try? I did not. You know, I like John Boyne, Mm -hmm. but I just, uh, the subject matter, uh, reading about a gay person struggling is not something that I wanted to read about. I have, you know, I've had my share of that. Let's put it that way. But I know, like, I mean, he's a great writer. good. Yeah, good. I cannot put it down. I'm glad I found it at home. That's so exciting. That is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) We're now trading books. Via the little free library. That is hilarious. I couldn't believe it was there. Oh, that is so funny, Chris. I, you know, yesterday we had this incredible storm and I wanted to just sit in front of the fireplace and read it. And I couldn't. I had a lot of work to do, but yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I got that as a a review copy or Mm. advanced reader copy from somewhere. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. And, you know, you're not supposed to sell them Mm -hmm. legally. Mm -hmm. So... Instead of taking them to the used bookstore and trading those in, I'm putting them in free little libraries. Perfect. Well, I'm glad I was the beneficiary because I love it. It's, he's Great. such a good writer. Have you read by him? Anything by no, him? No, but he's written him? so much now. I feel like, oh, I really want to yeah. read everything he's written. I've read a couple. And I met him, too. He came. To, he was in Chicago. I don't remember which book it was for, but he was on tour and I went to see him, I think, at Anderson's Bookstore. Actually, I think with Suzanne, one of our listeners and Booktopia friends. Oh, cool. Well, he, he you know, the book is about, um, as Chris said, it is about, well, it's about a, a little boy who was adopted. Well, I'm not talking about this very clearly. I'll be ready to talk about it more yeah, when I've read yeah. the whole thing. See? But what I was going to say is it takes place in Ireland, which is giving me such a hankering to go back there because I loved Ireland. So, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that about it, okay. but I, we'll talk more about what it's yeah. about next week when, or and next episode. Yeah, listeners, this is one of the challenges that we've had is like, do we talk about books too much? Like if mm-hmm. we're talking about them a lot when we're currently reading them and then just read, are we talking about the same books too much right. or do you not care? Right. Is it all good? Are we just worrying? <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> So moving on, what have you just read? Well, I read, drumroll, The Immortalists by oh. Chloe Benjamin, which is on the cover of book page this month. And we first learned about it from Michael Kindness back last February, um, that it was going to be a big book of the year. And it certainly is getting tons of buzz and now tons of promotion. It is a story about four siblings it starts off in 1969. They're they're on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. These four kids crammed into their bedroom. It's a hot summer day, and one of them finds or hears about a person who can give you the date that you're going to die. The woman's a fortune teller, and she is a transient kind of person. She's never in one location. So the the boy tracks her down, and all four siblings go and get their date of death. 
And the thing is, they're seven, nine, 11, and 13 years old. And I think like, what kind of person would tell a seven year old, like, this is a date you're going to die. I, right. I just like, you know, that is just, yeah. I, so I reviewed the book for Criminal Element and it's a literary fiction book, historical fiction. And it's kind of like, I was thinking like, so what's like a nice book like this doing on a site like that, you know, mm-hmm. crime fiction, but really, so you have these four characters and the, that's the prologue, the beginning when they're getting their dates. And then it jumps, I think nine years into the future from that. And there's four different sections and each section is on one of the siblings and the siblings kind of interwine weave and everything. But along the way, when you're reading this, like I got the feeling like that I was a, almost like a detective mm. trying to figure out, okay, when is this person going to die? Well, when is that one going to die? You know, and you start looking forward to them dying, which is kind of sick and twisted. <laughs> but you want to know what happens. You, you know, know how they're going to die. Gonna die. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, it had, that made me feel a little bit like an investigator as I was That's reading it along. But then it really, from the beginning, that woman giving them that prophecy of when they're going to die, that's pretty criminal Mm -hmm. to do that to a child, I think. Mm. I'm not sure what other people would think about that. Um, And so really the book is kind of asking you to, to look at the life choices that these people make and like, is the fortune teller's predictions is, is that real? Mm -hmm. Or was it just self-fulfilling prophecies that these people acted out because they knew Mm -hmm. how much time they did or didn't have. So I really enjoyed the book. I think it it's uh, it had its clunky moments. Um, it, it incorporates a lot of neat historical stuff, and not so neat like the AIDS epidemic kicking off in San Francisco. You know, it's hard reading mm-hmm. for you know a lot of reasons, but um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I could see some of the problems people might have with it, as I mentioned, like the clunkiness or. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I And I remember you liked it, but you weren't like flabbergasted by it. Well, I think there's always that risk when someone tells you like, this is going to be the best book mm-hmm. of the year. And it was also, didn't we get it at Book Expo because it's, it was yeah. in that editor's picks for the best books of this coming year. Yes. And so I think it's always that overhype question. And so I kind of, and I have a tendency to read things too quickly when something's been hyped because it's like, I want to see what's going to happen, you know? So I think the idea of it was brilliant and I think she did pull it off really well, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like it's the best, it was the best book I read last year. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I think it's a good read. Yeah. I don't think, you know, I could be wrong. I don't think it's going to be up for the national book award or anything. If I could make that prediction. But I do think it's, yeah, (laughs) we'll see. Time will tell. Um, yeah. Anyway, but I did enjoy it. I mean, it was a page turner for me for sure. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I seriously enjoyed it. That was my last read of 2018. Oh, good. Um, well I finished someone by Alice McDermott and I talked about how I had discovered her, you know, in the last episode, I'd never read anything by her. And someone is really an Irish immigrant experience story, you know, Mm -hmm. and immigrating to the United States and living in Brooklyn. And it's a family drama, you know, that takes place there and not, I mean, things happen, but there's not a a lot of movement in the book. It Mm -hmm. pretty much all takes place in, in one place in Brooklyn. And, um, I can see that her writing style, she's a beautiful writer, very spare writing, um, I didn't, I kind of lost interest about three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just where I was in my own mind or if it had something to do with her writing, but I definitely kept reading it. Okay. I just didn't think it was 
overly exciting, yeah. you know, and really it wasn't an exciting book. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be kind of what she's known for. I think she's a brilliant writer. Her style is really beautiful, but not a lot happens in the books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. Indeed. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's one of the issues I have with literary fiction mm-hmm. is I don't really care how beautiful your sentence was. If mm-hmm. it's not telling me a story mm-hmm. that is moving me somehow. Yeah. yeah. And I cared about the characters and I thought it was interesting and, and all of that, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't bowled over by it. Okay. So, and so I have been told by a writer friend that I'm a very plot driven reader. Mm-hmm. So maybe that had something to do with it. There wasn't a lot of plot, yeah. you know, it was more just stories, you know, followed the life and times of a few characters, mm-hmm. you know, so someone by Alice McDermott. All right. Next up, our Biblio adventures. Oh, I know. I read a lot more. Oh, wow. Okay. Keep going, girl. I'll talk fast. I did a lot of reading. Um, So I read Sweet Girl by Travis Mulhauser. You don't have to go fast. Okay. That It was such an amazing book. And talk about plot-driven. I mean, this was... I don't know what you would call... What do you call... I cannot think of the word. A road trip, but there's no car involved. It's just on foot. A journey? A journey. A okay. journey? A hike? Well, but she was, like, running from things. I don't know. I can't, I've been trying to think of the words since I closed the book. I probably should have read some reviews. But. Interesting. So the plot of the story is it takes place in Michigan, mm-hmm. in an area of Michigan I love, which is upper the upper portion of, not that not the UP, mm-hmm. the Upper Peninsula, but the, the northern upper, the part fingertips. of yeah, <laughs> Petoskey, that area. And actually, I picked the book up. They were giving it away mm-hmm. at the last Booktopia I went to in Petoskey. Oh, cool. So, um and it's the story of a 16-year-old girl whose mother is a drug addict and hasn't come home, and she goes searching for her during the middle of a very bad winter storm. Wow. And she gets to the house of her drug dealer, thinking that her mother will be there. And the mother's not there, but what is there are two passed-out people on drugs and a little baby. Mm-hmm. So she grabs the baby and strikes out on foot because now she can't move her truck because it's buried in snow. And then has this kind of epic adventure to try to get out of the snow. And she comes across a different cast of characters of all people she knows. And then the drug dealer puts out a reward to find this baby. So, uh, you know, a chase kind of ensues. Maybe that's the right way. It was a chase story by foot. Okay. And the writing I thought was fantastic. The characters were great. I felt so sorry for the 16-year-old. As as happens to a lot of kids who are children of drug dealers, they become very responsible human beings, yeah. which is why I think she saw this baby and thought, I have to do something, you know. So, and, and the book has been compared to Winter's Bone and True Grit, and you kind of have that feeling of, you know, harsh environments and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to to make it with this little baby. Mm-hmm. And I thought the ending was really realistic. I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. But I was afraid it was going to be unrealistic okay. about what would happen with her and this baby. It yeah. was very realistic. So, Sweet Girl by Travis Mulhauser. How long is there how long is the her the time? journey? Yeah, this journey. It's probably just a few days okay. now that you say that. I don't think it was very long. It felt like, it was very propulsive, mm-hmm. the story. So it felt like maybe it was longer, but it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. And then I finished, in, in my quest to finish books on my currently reading shelf of Goodreads, I finished a book that I picked up at Book Expo and started reading on our train ride r- home voraciously and then 
put it down and never came back to it. And that was like last May, right? Um, Called Coming to My Senses, The Making of a Counterculture Cook by Alice Waters. It's her Mm. memoir. And for those of you who don't know, she's a very famous chef that is um, someone who people thinks really changed the culture of food in the United States of, Mm. you know, more of a movement towards fresh produce and um, organic foods and things like that. I thought the writing was a little precious as she's a little precious. Like when you hear her speak, you know, (laughs) Um, and it wasn't, it was really about her life up into opening her famous restaurant, which is Chez Panisse. It wasn't about running the restaurant. So I had a little bit of disappointment around that. Okay. I mean, it was interesting, but I wanted to have more of the restaurant, you know, backdrop. Yeah. Um, I really liked the end portion of it, which was about more the, getting to the clo- close to opening the restaurant. So I think for people who are interested in food or at all involved in the restaurant business, it's an important book to read just because she is so well-known mm-hmm. and she has had an impact on what all of us now are exposed to at the supermarket. Yeah, I mean, she's the person who brought mescaline mix to this country because she went to France and had these baby greens and loved them. Wow. And now we all can go to the grocery store and buy baby greens, yeah. you know, in our produce section. So, mm-hmm. so she has really impacted food in this country. And then the other book I read also I got from the little free library, but I don't think you put this there. <laughs> I think Emily put it there, which is hilarious. And this book is interesting. I'm just going to give a little backstory, which is when I first moved here, Jacob, my son Jacob and I went to the Yale bookstore Mm -hmm. and I saw this on an end cap and it really spoke to me, but I didn't pick it up at the time. And then about, so that was two and a half years ago in December, mid-December, I was thinking about that book all of a sudden what was that book what is it what is it I didn't write it down oh my gosh and then I get on Facebook that day and someone has written about that book and I was like oh that's crazy and then (laughs) I get off the train I went to see Ellen for Christmas day on Ellen I get off the train and there's the book in the little free library no way and the book is not to like (laughs) drum roll suspense it's called the opposite of loneliness essays and stories by Marina Keegan. Wow. And the backstory of this book is quite sad. She was a student at Yale, graduated, wrote an essay called The Opposite of Loneliness, which is basically about like there is no word for the opposite of loneliness and was talking about her time at Yale and how important it was to her and the change, how, you know, the difference that was coming having graduated. So went into their I think it was in the student newspaper, like a special section of the paper for graduation. Okay. And then on her way home from, you know, moving back from Yale, she was in a tragic car accident and died. And she was known as a very, you know, she was very gregarious and she was in the theater, but also her writing was fantastic and wrote a lot of essays, won awards. She had gotten a job at the New Yorker and was going to be starting her job there. So this book was put together by her parents and also edited by one of her professors who was Anne Fadiman. Oh, really? And when I read that name, I was like, God, that sounds so familiar. And I realized she wrote one of my favorite books of all time called The Spirit Catches You When You Fall Down, which is um, a book. Well, I won't go into the details because okay. I won't be able to give a good description, but I will put it in the show notes and look it up. It's a fantastic book. 
So, very long-winded, but it's a book of essays and also short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, she is a fantastic writer for someone who's her age. Yeah. You know, so a, it, the book was on the bestseller list, a lot of buzz. If you read reviews of it, there are some people who are very glowing about it and some people who are very uncharitable and say, you know, oh, a 22-year-old writer. She writes like a 22-year-old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think the point is she had a lot of promise and her life was cut short. And I personally am thrilled that her parents put this book together because I'm glad that I got the chance to read her writing Mm -hmm. because she is a beautiful writer. The Opposite of Loneliness, Essays and Stories by Marina Keegan. That's a great point about a book and what you feel about it is the context Mm -hmm. of the book and the writer's life. Right. Um, And I'm trying to think um, the Costa Awards were just announced. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know Simon Savage wrote, or well, I saw his review about the poetry winner, mm-hmm. and I, I am sorry I don't remember her name right now, but I, I put her, it was her final collection. She wrote these poems when she was dying, most mm. of them. And it, I guess very big in the UK. Simon said, um, Simon said, <laughs> that was not supposed to be funny, but Simon said in his review that it, the book wasn't, it didn't capture him as a whole. Mm. Uh, and so he didn't give it like a, a huge glowing review and a lot of people when it's somebody's last book and people know that the book is coming out and this person has just died or is dying that a lot of people review it based on that mm. and not the actual contents. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. And I do think that that happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? I think it's part of the reading experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, it's something that's not necessarily always reflected when you look back at a book, when you look back at a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some books that were huge bestsellers, say in 1905, we've never heard of now. Right. Because it was that type of book. Yeah. So I looked it up while you were talking. I think it's called Inside the Wave by uh-huh. Helen Dunmore. Yes. Yeah. I, I do yeah. want to read it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an important question to ask, but it, to me it doesn't mean that the book shouldn't be published. I mean, some of the reviews I read were kind of bitter, like, I can't believe this woman got published and other people don't get published. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, mm, that's kind of bitter. Yeah. You know, and, right. you know, I thought she had valuable things to say, even if they were things to say from the vantage point of a 22-year-old. Absolutely. You know? I think all ages are important. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think everybody should be writing, mm-hmm. no matter how young or old you are. Yeah. You know, you think, too, about all these stories that are going to be lost when somebody dies when they're 80 or 90 and they haven't written. On to Biblio Adventures. Biblio Adventures. I only had television watching adventures <laughs> <laughs> because it's winter here and it was the holidays and my friends were busy. Um, so I saw, I watched on Netflix Mudbound, okay. which was based on the novel by Hillary Jordan. Mm-hmm. I did not read the novel, but my daughter Rachel picked it up when we were in Vermont, I believe. Yeah, when we were in Vermont at Bear Pond Books. And um, she loved the book. She tore through the book. And then I called her and I said, did you watch the Netflix movie? And she said, I watched 15 minutes of it and had to turn it off. And I have to say that I didn't love it. I thought it was beautifully acted. Mm -hmm. um, But I didn't, it wasn't very compelling to me. And But the interesting thing is, unlike what happens when you see a movie and you didn't like it and it's based on a book, this one did – I'm sorry, I didn't finish my sentence. And then you don't want to read the book because you didn't like the movie. 
Did I say, I don't know if I said all that correctly. Sometimes you see a movie based on a book, you don't like the movie, makes you not want to read the book. Right. Watching this movie, even though I didn't like it, did make me want to read the book. Okay. Because I felt like there were probably things lost or the way they were trying to interpret the way she told the story mm-hmm. wasn't well done or something. I don't know. So I do want to read it. Yeah. So, and that's Mudbound by Hillary Jordan. And then I just started reading based on Aunt Ellen's She's been recommending this to me for a while. Um, I think, I can't remember what I watched it through, what I streamed it through, but it's called Good Behavior. And it stars Michelle Dockery of um, Downton Abbey fame. And um, this character is nothing like her Downton Abbey character. But it's based on the Letty Dobesh Chronicle series, which is like a novella series by Blake Crouch. I am... So enjoying this show. I've only watched three episodes, but I'm completely hooked. Is that the one that takes place out west? And she's a... Is it... Are they out west? No. I don't okay. think they're out west. Right. I think they're down south. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm thinking right? of something else. But she's she's recently gotten out of prison, and she's trying to remake her life, which, as we know, is hard to do if you've been in prison. All right. This is something totally okay. different. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's it's very compelling. And but I want to read the novellas. I'm kind of curious. And the the author Blake Crouch also has a book that I think came out in 2016 called Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they might have put these the Letty Dobesh Chronicles into one book. So I'm going to do more investigating on that and report right. back Excellent. because I, I'm curious what the books are like. Yeah. So. So that's all the adventuring I did was sitting on my couch and <laughs> holding the remote control. <laughs> well, this talking about death and um, and adaptations, it made me think of Sue Grafton, who yes. passed away yeah. recently, um, and that was a big loss. She's the one who wrote the uh, you know the mystery series, the A to Z, the Kinsey Malone, and Why is the last book. And a lot of people were tweeting and saying stuff like, now the alphabet ends in Y. Yeah. Um, but she, and I, I don't know the background to this, but I, in, in that, and in reading some things people were writing, she had um, stipulated that no adaptations could be made of oh, her books. Interesting. Which I thought was really interesting, yeah. Now, so, are you a fan? Did you read them? I've read a couple, and I really like them. And did you yeah. start with A? I did. Okay. And a is for think, alibi. Right. Do yeah. you think people should do that? You know what? I don't. I think it's. Pro- I think she probably wrote really good standalones. Mm-hmm. I'm just anal, and that I like to Me read too. things in chronological order. Yeah, it's just the way my brain works. But I would think you could probably even read them backwards. Mm. I mean, I think sometimes that's kind of fun. Yeah, I, I guess depending on the series, and if there's a lot of growth for the protagonist. Sometimes in the long-standing series, the protagonist doesn't really grow much. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they do, it could be kind of interesting to read it backwards and. Kind of be yeah. a little bit of a detective yourself and see how, why did this person change to become that. And Yeah, and um, I know I read an, an article that she said that the protagonist didn't age the way that she aged in mm-hmm. real life. You know, that it's, you know, she didn't age the number of years of the books or whatever. Yeah. So. But I'm anal too, and I always feel like if I don't start at the beginning, I'm going to miss something. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There was one series, the, the Dresden, the Harry Dresden series. One of my coworkers at Borders loved that series, and I was going to start reading it, and I haven't yet. But he said, he's like, don't start with the first book. Mm-hmm. He's like, read the second one and read a couple, and you'll really like it, and then you'll go back and read the first. He's like, but the first book is pretty horrible. 
and mm -hmm. it, it could turn you off to the whole series. It's amazing to me that series survive when that happens, yeah. but they do. I mean, maybe because plenty of people just don't pick it up from the first one because they don't know. It could be, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes from, from people I've known who've gotten book contracts, sometimes when it's a series character, they'll have a contract for the first three books. Uh, and so then, they have to put And them that's kind of like okay. the make or the break. Got and it. I think... I that think a lot sense. of times people, if it is their truly, truly their first novel, sometimes those first novels are a little bit scrappier. Yeah. In a good way or not so good. Right. So anyway, yeah. uh, so anyway, back to Biblio Adventures. I did have a couple. Um, on the day after Christmas, I had a wild hair and decided to go into Manhattan. I just wanted to go. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do at first. I thought about going to the Morgan Library or maybe just going and reading at the New York Public Library. And then I had the flash to go and try and find a copy of Maurice or Morris at the Strand. I mean, surely the Strand is going to have right. it. I mean, that's 19 miles of books, right? right? There has to be a copy of Forster's classic there, and there was not. Wah, wah. So that was like the fourth bookstore I've been to now that didn't have a copy. So I might end up ordering it. But there is one more used bookstore I want to try, the Whitlock's Bookstore book barn here in Connecticut. Right. We'll see. Well, maybe we could do that next week because we have that an adventure good. in that yeah. direction. All right. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, so anyway, I walked my, I had a foot injury that is on the mend. So I was able to walk from Grand Central down to the Strand, which was lovely. I walked on Park Avenue and I noticed a sign saying uh, Melville Square, which I had seen before when I was on a walk, but I'd been on a mission and couldn't go wandering. So since I was just kind of out wandering, I decided to go looking. And I, so I'm walking down park and I took a left and like almost immediately I spotted the plaque that said, you know, this is where Herman Melville lived. Address, it's technically, it's 104 East 26th Street, which is now a service entrance to the business that is on Park Avenue. But they have a plaque there um, that that is where his home stood. It's not the home that he actually lived in that has long been torn down mm. um but he lived at that location from 1850 to 1863 and it's wow. just kind of neat it's yeah. kind of really cool to imagine him walking around those same city blocks that you're currently walking yeah. on and i mean that's the whole that's the great thing about manhattan i feel like if you just if you look up or you look around you almost always bump into something historical yeah yeah, so. if you take the time to look yeah. which i think i really admire you for doing that because so often when i go places Pretty much all the time when I go places, I'm so focused on where I need to be. So yeah. it's cool that you just took a day to wander a little bit. You yeah. know, you had a, a goal, but you allowed yourself the freedom to do some wandering. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, go ahead. So you wrote a blog post about I did. This too, I wrote right? a blog yeah. post and just took some pictures, like a, a picture of the plaque and then down the street, what it looked like. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was a fun thing. That was a nice thing to stumble yeah. on. I did pick up a couple of uh, books at the Strand, even though they didn't have the one I was looking for. I got uh, two Rachel Carsons who I want to read more of mm -hmm. or read. Like I haven't ever read anything by her. I think I've read snippets mm -hmm. in anthologies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I bought a book called Deep, which is about underwater divers who dive as deep as they can without any oxygen, external oxygen sources. Wow. And that, and I started reading it, and, and it really engaged me, the first couple pages, so I, I picked that up. And then I bought two Willa Cather-related books. Nice. And I got a sticker for Laura that is 
It says Hermione 2020. Oh, I saw that. I love that. I think that yeah. is awesome. So they had they dare had, to dream. They had stickers and buttons and everything for uh, for that. So that was cool. I also I got to hook up with our friend John uh, Valerie. We got together at the Wesleyan bookstore on December 31st for one last get together. That was nice to see him. Mm. And and then you and I were talking. This is a bad biblio adventure. Actually, the adventure itself was nice. I went to the North Haven oh, library. library. Yeah, right, the North right, Haven right, Library. Right, yeah. I, 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 was um, keeping, I was thinking Northford. I'm like, that's yeah. not right. So anyway, I went to the North Haven Library because I had some movies that were on hold up there. Because for um, New Year's Eve, Laura and I were going to watch uh, Black and Whites. We were going to have a bit of a movie marathon. Yeah. So anyway, Emily and I were talking on the phone. I'm like, and I'm saying to Emily, like, and I'm returning these two books that I haven't read because, you know, I have all these other things to read. And I wasn't planning on getting books, but I did. I checked out, in addition to the movies that were on hold, I checked out a couple books. One was on how to manage your multimedia stuff, your digital, how to manage yourself digitally, all the digital stuff. And then another one was one, the, uh, the Laureates of Connecticut, an anthology of Connecticut uh, poetry. And then uh, Bernard Schlink's new one, The Woman on the Stairs. So I checked out those three books. Now, he's the one that wrote The Reader. The Reader, right, right, yeah. So I checked them out, and I thought, you know what? Am I going to have time to read them? I don't know, but I really like them, and I want to take them home. Which Which is going to hold them. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) right? So I took them home, and then one of our dogs has some anxiety issues when we're not home, and I forgot to shut the bedroom door. And when we came home, two of those books were eaten. (laughs) It's so terrible. I mean, I was just like, oh, it's so terrible. And she also eat, she ate part of my new pajama bottoms. <laughs> um, everything has since been pooped out, so the dog is fine, but the books, alas, are not. So oh, I have so to sad. let the library know and yeah. pay for those. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Moral of the story: I'm not sure, oh. but maybe don't take out books you can't read. I'm oh my not God. Sure. Well, that you know, so I was thinking, like, I was like, this is some kind of karma. Like, um, I know that I shouldn't have checked them out because I'm not going to have time to read them because right. I have all these other reading plans right. and books right. I want to get to. Anyway. There's something so satisfying. I know I've talked about this many times, though, about going to the library and just browsing and checking out a stack of books. Yeah. It's so satisfying. I mean, and I just like having them sitting on my coffee table mm-hmm. until someone comes along and eats them, I suppose. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just satisfying. <laughs> I do. I love it. You know, and I think mm-hmm. it kind of is a nice... Um, What's the word? I mean, it makes you feel like when you have kind of these stacks of books that start to almost feel like work, it's like it, it's refreshing to yeah. just go and get a stack of books that you kind of didn't know about. Exactly. Or, you yeah. Know, yeah. And the North Haven Library, I really enjoyed it. it they had a really big new book section. Mm, nice. uh, really nicely set up uh, to easily browse around this like big U section and the fiction was separated from nonfiction and everything so it was really nice yeah Yeah. it's hard not to be tempted in those situations yeah it's like bringing new energy into the home yes you know new biblio (laughs) energy (laughs) (laughs) so those were my uh biblio adventures so upcoming adventures we have set a date i know we've talked about going to see the uh the webster house the Noah webster house up in is it West Hartford? West Hartford, yeah. Um, and we actually set a date to go and do that finally. Yeah. So it's in stone. Thursday, January 11th. Yes. Yeah. So and I think we'll get there around 1. Maybe. Yeah. 11 30 or 12, 1230 or 1. Yeah. 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 So if any local listeners want to join us. Please do. Please do. Give us a shout out on 
social media or email us. That'd be fun to, yeah. to meet up with some folks. And then maybe we'll even go down to the Noah Webster Library if we have time. I don't mm-hmm. know if we'll work, but I'd love to show it to you. It's a great library. I'd love to see but, it. Yeah. yeah, it's just down the street. And then January 25th. Jan- yeah, that's, yeah, January 25th. We're so excited. Um, Minjin Lee is going to be in town at RJ Julia in Madison. For her paperback tour of Pachinko, which has had a whirlwind year, yes. including being a finalist for the National Book Award. And, and it, it's looking like we're going to be co-sponsoring the event. We might be doing an in-person conversation with Minjin Lee that uh, is recorded and then shared, uh, co-sponsored with Just the Right Book podcast, which is Roxanne Cody's podcast, who owns RJ Julia and the Book Cougars. Yeah, so we're really excited. We're very excited about that, and um, more to come. Yeah, still working out the details, but hoping, hoping that it works. And that's January twenty fifth at RJ Julia in Madison, seven o'clock, I think. You know, I'm not sure about the yeah. time. I think a lot of their events are at 7. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And Pachinko is a great read if you haven't read it. If you're looking for, like, a family saga, good historical fiction, yeah. engaging characters. Something to really get lost in that's also not some typical because it takes place, you know, in Japan and, it, you know, discusses, you know, Pachinko and things like mm-hmm. that that I knew nothing about. So yeah. if you really just want a historical novel that's not, you know... An American historical novel. Right. It's really nice. And one that's one from really women's perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a bit different, I yeah. think, too. They're... And if you want to crave a little kimchi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love some kimchi. So what are your upcoming reading plans? I'm not sure. I have, uh, I'm going to go with uh, one or two books that I have here. Uh, the first is, uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Um, Smila's sense of snow. Oh yeah. That was made into a movie. Peter Hegg. Um, yeah. I mean, winter is a great time to read that book or I might, uh, read free food for millionaires by Minjin Lee. That's one of the books I put on my TBR reading challenge that I talked about earlier. It's on there. So we'll see. This is also a good time of year to read her, I think, because her books are so densely mm-hmm. and beautifully written. It's like, you know, you got nothing else to do but sit on a couch, so why not? Yeah. It's a great idea. My upcoming read is finally The Four Tendencies by Gretchen <laughs> Rubin. The indispensable personality profiles that reveal how to make your life better and up other people's lives better too. I want to I want to understand my rebel friend a little better. <laughs> So I'm really looking forward to it. I usually start the year with some version of a nonfiction, you know, self-helpy type of a book, and mm-hmm. I haven't done it this year. I've been engrossed in fiction, so okay. um, so I'm looking forward to picking this one up. And I might see if there's an audio out there also and do okay. both at the same time because mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun. Excellent. Yeah. All right. All right, Sounds everybody. like this is a wrap. Yeah. Happy, Happy reading. reading. Hey, everybody. Two more quick things. For those of you in the Connecticut area who might like to join us for the discussion of Willa Cather's My Antonia, that is happening on Thursday, January 18th at 2 p.m. at the Book Club Bookstore and More in South Windsor, Connecticut. And for those of you interested in participating in the E.M. Forrester Maurice Morris read-along, we set a date for that. If you could get us questions or comments by March 1st, We'd love to incorporate as many listeners' comments and opinions as possible. So March 1st is the deadline for that. Emily and I will have our discussion on March 2nd, and that episode will go live on March 6th. 
Thanks so much for listening to The Book Cougars with Emily Fine and Chris Wallach. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to email us at bookcougars at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Book Cougars. Please consider leaving us a review on whatever app you use to listen to us. It can help other listeners find us. Thank you. Wow.